You've selected a show from the Podcast Jukebox, a DIY podcast network. Hey everybody, sorry for the late episode this week. You know, I was in the middle of editing everything, and then all of a sudden I was detained by a weird group of people living on the other side of my apartment complex, and I was put into a polar bear cage. Well, lucky for me, my escape was successful, and now I'm here to bring you the episode. Well, as always, this episode of No Love Lost is brought to you by fredsvs.com. That's breads and spreads by Fred. Fred's uh, website has fantastic uh, bakery items that you guys can't find in regular stores, including brown sugar buddies, jellies and jams, Uh, All of his batches are fresh, never frozen, Uh, and if you're an L.A. customer, you can actually forego the delivery fee and pick up your package for free uh, without the delivery cost. So that is fantastic. Guys, these cookies are delicious, the brownies are delicious, the blondies are delicious, and Fred always has some great seasonal stuff uh, in store for you guys. So go to fredsbs.com and use the coupon code no love lost to get 20% off your order. All right, Michelle, take it away. Let's go to the island. I would like to see the polar bears. There was a crash, and there are others, and there are numbers, and it all means something. Supposed to anybody even know there are times we to go back. Did we though? Like, soft pitch. What if we put this show in a time capsule and then never talked about it again for 20 years? You know what? (laughs) Not a bad idea. Because I could just imagine how the future generations will feel when they discover our show (laughs) along with the greatest show in network television history. Yes, we're here to talk about loss. This is No Love Lost. <laughs> I just think that loss should be buried. Let me just put it in the ground. Like a hatch. It should like be put a hatch. in a hatch. Yeah, that's the thing. We'll, we'll put it in a time capsule, which will act as the hatch. A hatch which should never be opened from the outside. Welcome back. <laughs> To No Love Lost, the series that you can watch in a hatch, you could watch with your new kids on the block lunchbox. They had, I hear that they had a bunch of hits. They had the right stuff. Um, I am, we are so thrown off, but Sorry. I am, I am willing, and with me as always. Megan Salinas, say hey everybody. And uh, we are here to talk about. Season 1, episode 22, because baby tramps like us, baby, we were born to run. <laughs> and the second you see the title, Born to Run, you know it's going to be a Kate episode. You know it's got to be a Kate episode. Because nobody runs like Kate. <laughs> she runs so fast, and she runs so far away. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't get away. 
we are get, we are loopy tonight. <laughs> Sorry, we were recording a little later than we it's normally not, do. It's not just that. Like, we, we yelled <laughs> for like 20 minutes about the state of the world, and then we jumped right into this. So we're feeling it. We're not even drinking on this no, episode. I water right here. Um, Although alcohol would definitely help. No, I thought you were doing a dry January. I am. That's why I didn't offer. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's a dry January. Okay, well, that, that gives you a sense of when we're recording this also. <laughs> so listen, what is everybody. Time? This episode, Born to Run, it is. Oh, this is a complicated writing credit on this <laughs> one. I believe in you. You got this. It's a story by credit to Javier Grillo. Mar- Marx, we but we've butchered this guy's name before. M A R X U A C H. I'm just gonna call him Javi. Javi got the story by credit, <laughs> but the teleplay is credited to Edward Kittis and Adam Horwitz. Huh. And it is directed by Tucker Gates, who previously has given us Confidence Man and. Dot, 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 in translation. Excellent. They got a good director for this one. They got a good director for this one. I would would say his other episodes were better. I think that's fair. It could just be that, like... Because I was trying to put my finger on it, too, and I was like, there's something a little off about this episode, and I don't know what it is. But, like, simultaneously, I also feel like, after this episode, I'm like, we were too hard... On Kate's last episode, um, I'm trying to remember the name of it, the, the one with the bank robbery. The one with the bank robbery. I, I feel like we were too hard on that one. <laughs> it would be so much easier if the <laughs> lost episodes were like the Friends episodes and we could just be like, the one with the bank robbery. <laughs> and then we would always know the titles. <clears throat> um, well, I have a, a thought as to why this is an, a, a little bit of an awkward feeling episode. Now, am, am I alone in that feeling, though, or did you kind of... I felt it, too. Okay, okay. And I think it's because they, they, they were getting to the end of the season where all the crazy shit's going to happen. We're going to try to open the hatch, and we're going to launch the raft. And I think they realized, oh, there's, like, a lot of raft story that needs <laughs> to be... That, like, we need to, we need to vote more time to that. And we need to devote a little bit more time before people leave. Oh, no. And it, so I think it's a little bit of a time-killing transition episode. Oh, no. Walt's growing. <laughs> the actor and, who plays yeah. Walt. Oh, he looks bigger <laughs> in this. He's like a foot taller. Oh, no. We did not time this out properly because we're hack writers who didn't no. account for this. No. You, are no. you calling Javi a hack? No. Javi, you're great. No, I... I it's... It's no one's fault. But I think it's, it's no one's fault. I think it's, this is it's something that happens. I think this is one of those. It's network television, and we needed a little bit transitional episode to gear us to, to the big finale. Because last week, the, the last couple of weeks have been kind of crazy, and now we get. Can I say that for for me? I think what felt a little off about it is that when it comes to the interpersonal drama. It felt a little like a modern CW show. And I I don't necessarily mean that in a derogatory way. Yeah, what what do you mean that? Like, there's a lot of interpersonal stuff going on. There's, you know, exes who have to accomplish a thing together. Although I would say that the the flashback is probably the most, oddly enough, interesting part of this episode. Um, 
And there's a lot of, like, people kind of going behind each other's backs and lying yeah. to each other. And to me, it just, it's, and putting each other on blast in public, it just seems like kind of something a CW show would do. And by, and there are I, by the, that I mean drama for the sake of drama. There's, there's twists that... Well, I mean, I actually think the last twist is interesting, and I'll, I'll wait till we get to it. But not, for, but not for the surface level reason of why it might be interesting. And it does feel like a lot of this is like, let's create, let's create some drama before we launch this raft. Yeah, for, for some reason, uh, the twists and turns that this episode take just feel a little differently than like, you remember the episode where we find out that, you know, Walt was the one that burned the raft. For some reason, the twists and turns in that felt very different than the twists and turns in this. And it's something, like I said, I'm having a hard and, time putting my finger on and, why. And maybe there's a repetitious feeling because we've dealt with a possible raft delay with the burning of the raft. And now there's the poisoning of Michael and who doesn't want this raft going out? Maybe. Well, maybe that's it. Yeah. Maybe if that stuff hadn't happened before, this would have wouldn't have felt a little off. But, like, that being said, it's still a fine episode. So, uh, let's start with the flashback. Um, a mysterious blonde hair woman. Say, mysterious blonde. <laughs> she's changing license plates. She's sneaking into motel rooms to shower. She's, she's they... <laughs> dyeing her hair back to its natural color <laughs> because that wasn't a wig she was wearing. I totally wearing. thought it was that a wig. That was the most obvious wig in the history of wigs. Um, like, like, that's like a John Travolta wig hairpiece. They, they waited a long time before revealing Kate's face. Like, they go out of their way to obscure who you're looking at because I guess from that initial top-down viewer, you're supposed to be like, is that Claire? Who is that? <laughs> yeah, but you know... But then she opens up the, the light, she starts changing the license plate, and you're like, oh, that's clearly, that's it's, clearly it's our Kate. Kate. It's Kate, It's yeah. clearly Detective Kate. Yeah. Who's going Detective undercover yeah. for a case. <laughs> She's on the case. The case of... Uh, oh, whatever the case may be. That was the name of the episode. That was the name of it. <laughs> they reference that case, too. They make sure to say that Halliburton case. Yeah. Halliburton... They got a lot of money out of this for advertising, ad dollars. Is that a show. real? I have no idea. I mean, I know there's some, like some terrible defense company, Halliburton, but I don't oh. think they're that Dick Cheney used to run. But I don't know if they if they're, also if they're make, in uh, if they're in suitcases. Yeah, they might not make the briefcase business. So she's, out of that market. So Kate had this all. Okay, this is what I don't quite understand, and maybe we get this figured out down the line or maybe I missed something <laughs> but I literally just watched this episode um, so she goes to the motel front desk and she's like there's a letter waiting for me so who's like that's that's the, the one bit in this episode that doesn't get a payoff is where is Kate getting this information from oh that's right okay so uh, we because she, she asks for a letter addressed to Joan Hart and there's also like money in her hand, and I I paused it to try to to try to read some of the letter, which by the way Joan Hart I was like 
Like Melissa oh, Joan yeah. Hart? <laughs> uh, I wrote it down, yeah, because I was, she was... Were you making a Sabrina slash Clarissa Explains It All reference, Kate? I think, given Kate's age, I think she was more into Clarissa Explains It All than Sabrina. <laughs> that's just my, what I, what that's, I That's your headcanon. That's my, yeah. <laughs> that little Kate would run home after school and, like, sit down to watch Nickelodeon and watch Clarissa yep. Explains It All. That's exactly I what she did. dig it. I dig it. Her and Dr. Tom would go... <laughs> watch uh, perfect yeah uh, oh my gosh and he would climb up to her window like her best friend did See? like with the ladder oh perfect by the way perfect. when when we're done with lost we're gonna do a whole <laughs> clarissa explains it all uh recap show <laughs> yep uh we gotta we gotta start workshopping a name for it for sure <laughs> um but anyway yeah, okay, so I guess that is part of a greater mystery that we will get in. Uh, the point being I, is that, like, because I couldn't read much of the actual note, just with, I guess, the lighting in the scene, and it doesn't linger on it for too long, but I did make out a couple words like sorry and chemo, and it addresses her by name, Catherine. So it's like, okay, you know that somebody in her life if if you pause it and take the time to read what you can, it's like okay, somebody in her life has has cancer. I I'm ninety nine percent sure I now remember who sends sends this information, but I'm not gonna say because I'm also might be wrong. Well, it's somebody who's willing to not only tell her about her mom, but also somebody who's willing to give her money because she has a handful of money in you know in her hand as she's also holding the letter what's driving me crazy is like back in 2010 when the show went off the air i probably knew i probably remembered i probably could have told you yeah it was so and so it was kate's well, blah 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 because blah 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 well point being is that we know that she still has people who care about her out there despite whatever it is that she's done there's that um so she goes to the hospital. She gets this letter. She's in tears. She goes to the hospital. She's got oversized bouquet of flowers. Why? Because she knows she might have to hide her face. And she does because wherever she's going to visit, there is cop door. And you got to be... I recently went to go visit somebody in the hospital who had a cop at the door. Really? Yeah, and they frisked me going in. They Whoa. asked if they could frisk me. I said, yeah. Whoa! Uh, I didn't think that was a thing unless you were in like witness protection or something, or then, or if somebody has a, like a restraint or they have like a restraining order against somebody. And then I I said, "Can I take my friend for a walk?" And I said, "Yes." And they followed us the whole time. Holy cow! Yeah. Well, good, <laughs> good. Like, cause I'm sitting here, I'm like in in TV shows, you know, people get around these things all the time and I'm like ah oh, the cops are doing a terrible job it's nice to know that in real life people get taken care of a lot better and that security is taken very seriously <laughs> so um yeah my friend was deemed a flight risk he tried to escape the hospital on his own it was a problem I think also what? someone smuggled drugs in for him it was a problem <laughs> what yeah Okay, we're putting the podcast on hold. The podcast is about this now. Yeah. <laughs> no. This person should be a podcast, but I digress. So she realizes she can't get in to see this person who, okay, at a certain point they say, like, Diane's dying of cancer or whatever. They say these things, but 
we all know it's Kate's mom, right? And we must have assumed that. And this, see, this is the kind of thing, like, in the first viewing when this episode aired in, like, 2005 or whatever, we must have been able to put this together right away, right? I don't know. Because, like, I'm like... Because even watching it now, I'm like, oh, well, is it her mom or is it her stepmom? Because, like, she's... I'm like, who calls their mom Diane? You know? Who well, calls that, their mom by their first name? But I guess if, if you're estranged, it's, it's a lot more common. It's... I'll, I'll tell you who does that. Characters on a show <laughs> where the writers are purposely <laughs> trying to hide something from the audience. Maybe... You know what? I think, I think that's it. I think you've just hit the nail on the head of why this episode feels a little off in comparison to other episodes that were very twist heavy. There's some stagey things. It it feels a little staged and a little forced. Not enough so to call direct attention to it, but enough for a savvy viewer to go something something doesn't seem right. Yeah, you know, and I got some other thoughts about that as we go along. There's okay. one scene that I find very stagey. Okay. Um, I'm liking this. I like being on the same page. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I mean, it's still, it's a fun episode. Oh, yeah, I love, yeah, yeah. I love it. I love Kate. Great but, performances, uh, good directing, and yes, I will say good writing, But too, I think but there, I think there are these writing. moments where they're like, and that's one of them, where she's like, Diane's guy. So, it feels artificial. It feels hollow. Yes. Um, so she sneaks into Dr. Tom's car and he's like, why, why, what are you doing, Kate? Katie. Well, I was going to say, not Kate. Yeah. Katie. Because they're close. They're tight and it shows that he's got a past and a history. I mean, that, that's actually smart writing. Which... In that case. Yeah, and that, like, I really liked this because we've been calling her Kate this entire show. She's Kate to us, but to this guy... She's Katie. And that, that, yeah, that says a whole lot in just that one little bit of dialogue. Just like my family calls me Bill or Billy. Really? Yes. They call you Billy? Well, when I was a little kid, that's what my family called me. Oh my gosh, that's precious. But I went to to school and I'm like, my name's William. (laughs) Because that was my name. But if my family calls me, like, no one in my family calls me Will. I mean, my grandmother might call me William. But, like, I'm Bill or Billy. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. My My parents, um, they call me Maggie. Uh, like, my, my mom and my dad are, like, the only ones that go, hey, Maggie. Mm, that's not even all the time. Um, but another nickname that I, that I like that only a handful of people call me is uh, only a handful of people call me Meg or Megs. I really yeah. like Megs. Um, but, like, I don't introduce myself as Meg's, uh, <laughs> like, I introduce myself as Megan. I tell you what, whatever you are at my introduction, I call you that <laughs> forever. <laughs> forever. Yeah. Um, so, but Dr. Tom does too, because he calls Kate Katie, and it's adorable. Yeah. And they clearly, and like I said, it's shorthand to show these two have a history. And yeah. he know when she says Diane's, uh, Diane Cancer, he knows exactly what this means. You see the weight of it on him, and he wants to help. So they go back to his place, but his family's not there. Yeah. But there's a photo of the baby. These are other things. He's a that recent feel- father where his, his wife, or the, at least the mother of his, I think wife, um, 
but yeah. like she's visiting relatives That's with right. the baby. Yeah. But yeah, it, it does make you go, well, is she visiting relatives or are they on the rocks? Like, mm-hmm. it, that's where Katie steps in. <laughs> um, yeah, this honestly, the whole thing, it's like, yes, it's the mechanics of how to make all this happen feel a little stagey. And he's on the phone and I'll, and he's like, he says some bullshit about, oh, we'll get to so-and-so, will help us with this, and they're going to wheel her in here, and you can, you can see her. And it's like all the stuff we don't care about, because really what we care about is getting to the point of, like, what is their history? Mm-hmm. Which... How do these two know each other? Why is she Katie? Because that indicates that mm, they probably grew up together, because as an adult, you introduce yourself as Kate. As a kid, you... You introduce yourself as Katie. Um, and then Kate's like, is it still there? And mm. Tom's like, oh, we, we don't have time for this. <laughs> and she's like, well, this is the only chance we're ever going to get, probably. And it's also unclear how much he... I mean, in retrospect, he has to know, and especially once we find out what Kate did, he has to know everything. Yeah. But... The episode is cagey on how much he knows and how much he doesn't because we don't know at this point. Well, it's it's interesting because, like, he clearly knows about her, her familial relationships. And we get that indication yeah. when, especially when they're looking at the tape. Um, <clears throat> but, so I feel like it's fair to say he knows. But it's also fair to say that he understands yes. why. And... Even necessarily, he's just like, he also might believe that, like, the, the thing that she did might just be an allegation, but, like, at the same time, it's like, yeah, if she did it, I get it. Yeah. Guy deserved it. <laughs> yeah, and the guy does deserve it. Yep. I mean, look, if you showed up one night before the podcast and said, well, I gotta tell you, I... <laughs> I if I show up in the backseat of your car... Yeah, it's like, listen, I'm, I murdered someone... I'd be like, you know what? I know you. You probably had a good reason. And that's what Dr. Tom feels about Katie. Yeah. He was like, hey. Uh, and he, especially because he knows, he knows what that guy did. <laughs> so they go to this, this tree. It's actually a really beautiful shot. There are these like steers walking around. And it's this tree. Very scenic locale. <laughs> yeah, very big tree in this field i don't know where in hawaii this is because the whole show is except for one scene is all shot in hawaii everything is hawaii uh and the there uh yeah kate starts taking paces from the car and, yeah, yeah. And she starts digging and they dig up and it is a time capsule which i i agree with you will i feel like the the setup to get here is a little stagey, especially with the you know what like that's very it was very coy but i love that it was a time oh. capsule, and I love the parallelism talking about this time capsule and the hatch yes. reveal at, you know, the same as episode. They're really, digging, really good. As they're digging something up, something in the island is being dug up, and also, I think, where the flashback started to win me over was when they opened this up. Yeah. Uh, although that fucking plane <laughs> is in there. <laughs> 
you if this changes your mind about the plane. No. Because because when we were talking about whatever the case may be, you're like, what is the mystery with this plane? It never gets an explanation. Fuck you, plane. And I mean, there, okay, I guess there is an explanation I, that I have forgotten. But it's not a memorable explanation, and it doesn't really... Well, like, down the line, this has... It's just a symbol of... Of their friendship. Of a friendship of somebody that she's basically responsible for the death of. It doesn't come... I mean, it's not like in later seasons, it's like, oh, the plane, I, you know. I liked this immediate payoff, for one, because it was it was a thing I wasn't expecting on this rewatch to get, actually, an explanation. I, it explained their friendship really well, but my question in terms of, like, the logical inconsistency of it being there, was I'm like, then how did it get into a safe deposit box, and why did she need to rob a bank to get it back? Yeah, and that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's what like, I'm like, security, excuse me, I have a question. <laughs> the security behind this plane, that we're locking well, it up in, in, in a bank vault, because it's it she literally... She it in a safe de- safety deposit box, and, and this is... She, you know, they dig up this time capsule after she's already on the run. So that means somewhere between uh, the events of this flashback and whatever the case may be, she had to go to the bank, put these items in a safety deposit box, which if it's just a fucking toy plane, just keep it in your goddamn bag, Kate, (laughs) Katie. Um, And so she had to put it in a safety deposit box and then from there, leave or do whatever. And then instead of coming back with whatever assumed identity, Wait, she, pr- she probably put the okay. safety deposit box in. She had to then stage this bank robbery to get the thing that she put in a safety deposit box. Okay. Did I miss something, though? I might have missed something. And granted, I've seen this episode before, but I might have missed something. Did she take the plane with her? Did she grab the plane? Because I don't think she has the plane. I think the plane is left in the car after this poor fuck is killed. Well, then why it, would it go into a safety deposit box and not an evidence locker? Well, this is a good story, too. Because I don't remember, I remember a shot of the plane in the car, but I don't remember a shot of her grabbing the plane. I, I don't either. I remember her looking at him and going, please wake up, and then and then bailing. And then there was a shot of the plane. Now, here's the thing. Second this episode started, first thing, she's on the island playing with the plane. Mm-hmm. You know, first time we see her on the island. And then the second it cut to Dr. Tom, I'm, I remembered where this plane came from. I'm like, oh, yeah, because they showed us early in the episode. I'm like, that's right. It's, it's from their childhood, this guy... And I, I did remember there was a time capsule. and But it doesn't make me any more satisfied about the plane. I Like I said, I'm satisfied knowing that it belonged to her childhood friend who died. Like I think that's a cool payoff. Yes. My big question is, why the fuck was it in this safety deposit box? And I <laughs> swear to God, I have no... And I feel like if this is explained, and someone might be listening right now and be like, Will... Like, I really wish you had done this podcast, like, eight years ago when this was fresh in your head. Because they're, they're probably being like, because the plane, blah, blah, blah. But no, I don't think it gets ex- explained. And even if it does, it is, it is, 
it, it, you know how people feel about the polar bear? Uh-huh. I feel this way about the plane. <laughs> polar bear don't bother me. I like the polar bear. I think polar bears fun. Fuck the polar bears. I say fuck this toy plane. <laughs> uh, like I said, I, I just, I have questions about why, it, again, if it's at the scene of a crime, it's not in an evidence locker, and if it's not in an evidence locker, then I guess it, they gave it to the wife, and then, then she put it in a safety deposit box? I don't know why you would do that and not just throw it out. <laughs> yeah, because it had no meaning. The wife didn't know what this was. Because it's been in the ground! Since 1989! <laughs> I love what we choose to get fixated on in this podcast. This Okay, yeah. We, we should move on from this. Because really the bigger thing is the tape they play. Yeah. And the tape they play gives us a little hint into Kate's horrible home life. It's, uh, not, a, it's not a happy upbringing. And there's this idea, like, clearly even as little kids, they had a, they had a little thing going on. He's like, you're well, going to be, be my wife. We're going to have millions of babies we're gonna be married by then is yeah what he said. it's adorable it's real and they got precious. these adorable little kid voices yeah i don't know which kids they got to do the vo but it was it was freaking precious and kate's like no nah, like i'm getting out he's like you always uh uh always kate always wants to run away you always want to run away Aww. she was born to run she what that's the name of the episode yeah <laughs> Um, <laughs> he said the thing. <laughs> and then they kiss. Oh, yeah. Not in the tape. Sorry. <laughs> I was thinking like little kid, like my girl moment. No, in, uh, in the present. In the present. Which I would say that like, I, I'm not a big fan of like CW shows where it's like relationship dramas for the sake of yeah. drama, especially when it comes to like cheating plot lines. But I will say that this one doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me. Yeah. Because they were childhood sweethearts and their lives took very, very different directions and this was just a moment of reconnecting and it doesn't mean that they're together no. now. It was just like a, oops, like they both knew it was a mistake, but like, you can't, it's your childhood sweetheart. I think you get a pass on that. I do too. You know. Like, he still loves his wife and kid. Like If I were married and had a child... And my wife was out of town, and my childhood sweetheart, who was on the run for, for <laughs> murder, uh, for murdering her abusive stepfather. Spoilers, we forgot to give our spoiler alert. <laughs> With the beginning of this episode was such a shit show. Sorry. No, no, it's not your fault. I, I couldn't keep it together either. The point is... <laughs> her abusive stepfather. If you do that, and then you come back, I think you get one free kiss, right? Yeah, I think I get when we unearth a time capsule. (laughs) I think I get one free kiss, and I don't think it's cheating. Like, on the surface, I'm like, yes, that's cheating. Fuck that guy. But, like, that's the thing. It's just a moment. It's... it. Doesn't have to be, and a it's big. also, by the way, it's a genuine Kate moment. Like, yeah. The, the thing that's that's interesting with Kate <laughs> is someone. She's a character who's always got a wall up. She's always trying to, you know, hide something. But with Tom, even though she's still being vague on some things, like there are moments where you see that facade break down, yeah. and this is one of them, and that's why the scene works. Because he knows who she is. Yeah. And like, and the other thing too is that she's not coming in to try to be a homewrecker. Like, she's not coming to steal oh, she's Tom. not. 
gonna hang around town. No, no. Um, She's come to see her dying mother. Well, and the other thing is that, yeah, that's the other thing. Is her mom is dying, so like, there's a lot of emotions flooding back there too. And unlike a lot of the stuff that we'll get in like season three, this doesn't feel. It doesn't feel like forced or like the only thing that Kate has to do is cause love triangles. Like it doesn't feel like that. It feels like a genuine human moment and it doesn't go any further than a kiss. They were like, oh, that was a mistake. Let's go. Sorry. So, Sorry, everyone. <laughs> so, um, Kate goes to see her mother. He sets up a thing where it's kind of like in some dark corner of the hospital. Or whatever. <laughs> we, and, again, we're yada yadaing. Yeah. Just a little bit. Oh, we gotta, we gotta, you know. We gotta get to the island. Yeah. We've been talking a half hour. We haven't got to the island. We've been talking about that damn plane. So, she, um, uh, she goes to see her mother. And her mother's very sick. And can barely even comprehend Kate's there at first. And Kate apologized, very tearful apology. And the mother starts screaming as best she can. For help. Hell! This, this was unsettling. It was. Oh, it was kind of. It was a little creepy. Yeah, it was very creepy because, like, on the one hand, you're not sure if the mom is all the way there and if she's crying for help because she's, or if she oh, has good reason yeah, to be crying. For yeah, help. it and that ambiguity is like it's perfect. It's perfect, and you see it destroy Kate because all she wants to do is be here for her mom, and she she's apologizing for all of the terrible things she's put her through. Which, again, we don't know, but being on the run, we're like, uh, we can start to sort of piece some things together, and we can take a solid guess yeah. as to what Kate did. This is the first time, I think, I think this is actually the first time where we can get, where we can take a solid guess of, did she kill her dad? Yeah, exactly. Because why would the mom react like this? Like, she's clearly got some fear of her on some level. Why would mom be afraid of Kate? And, of course, the yelling draws attention. Kate's forced to beat up a hapless security guard. <laughs> Boom! She clocks him good, too. Yeah, that guy didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> um, so then she sees Tom, and it's like, oh, what the hell? And she goes, I need I'm you. I'm stealing your car, yeah, bye! I need, you, I need your car. I need your car keys. Uh, but this is what Tom... This is why I lose respect for Tom. <laughs> Tom gets in the car. Yeah, he runs I, after her. And, and he's I like, Katie, wait. And I understand why at first, because he's worried about her. It's Katie. But then they get to the exit of the parking garage. And they are they are stuck. There's a cop with a gun drawn. Which the cops got there fast. Good good for yeah. whatever city this is. And it's Ohio? Iowa. 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 That's right. There's no, you know, everyone in Iowa carries beer around in their car. <laughs> At all times. <laughs> I've never that's, been to Iowa. That's what, the, that's that's what they say in the episode. <laughs> I've never been to Iowa. Quite frankly, unless I'm running for president, I don't think I have any need to go to Iowa. <laughs> if we have any Iowa listeners, let us know. <laughs> yeah, I just insulted an entire state of listeners. Then you know what your state is. Anyway. <laughs> we, we know what ours is. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> um. So... <laughs> I feel like everybody knows what their state is. It's true. Regardless of where you're from. You're like, yeah, this is what we're about. It's fine. But it's, uh, once again, amazing that Hawaii could double for Iowa. <laughs> but, so anyway, cops got the gun drawn. And she's like, she basically makes it clear, I'm going for this. 
Yeah. Like, you like, have out. to get out. And he won't get out. And is it that he thinks he could convince her not to? Because he's he should get, know better. He's trying to get her to turn herself in. It's, because he, he tries telling her, he's he keeps trying to be like, if you give up now and cooperate, they'll go easy on you. You could have a normal life. Which, again, given that she's on the run for murder, like, I unless he's got a buddy that's like a really good defense lawyer. Look, the only way you get off on this charge is to crash land on an island <laughs> for months, be presumed dead, and then come back. With a new identity. Into, well, you know, yeah. As Joanna. <laughs> so he won't get out of the car, but Kate's going to do what Kate's going to do because uh, she was baby, born to she run. was born to run. <laughs> How many times can we say born to run before we have to start paying some royalties. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe one more. <laughs> so anyway, she guns it. Shots are fired. I totally thought he was going to get shot. Like, it was going to hit the, come through the glass and he was going to get shot and that's how he was going to die. Isn't that how he died? I thought they got hit by another car. Well, I think a, I think a lot happened. <laughs> I, I mean... I think it was. Did we determine exactly what it was that murdered? I think it. No, he was shot dead. I thought it was just the car accident. He got shot in the chest. Oh shit! And because when the when she guns it, because that's what causes her to have to stop and 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 run, (laughs) actually physically run. Uh. But we never. In the direction we never see him after she guns it. And then when we cut back, you see the bullet holes in the glass, and you see him, like, bleeding from the chest. Mm-hmm. Okay, like, I, I must have, so I must be missing. They tried to the keep scene. it, when the shots were being fired, they tried to keep it. Like, you they see Art kind of yeah, move, but they, you don't see him. Seat. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Okay. But look, okay. either way, it doesn't matter how he died. He's dead. Kate's responsible, though. Because if Kate did turn herself in... And this is this is more guilt that she has to carry with her now because she didn't turn herself in. He is dead, and there is a child without a father. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do we ever see them again? Because Kate's a single mom for a little while there too. I can't remember. I know that she meets um, Sawyer's baby mama at some point, right? Yes. But yeah. Probably not this guy's wife. So, so let's get to the island now because we gotta get to the island. (laughs) Your kid and uh, baby Aaron aren't gonna have any play dates, (laughs) as Um, far as we can tell. Kate's playing with the little plane. Charlie comes up. He's playing music, and he starts talking about, "Hey, I like." There must be a big surge in drive shaft records. Like people must be because they think I'm dead. People must really be buying the music. Oh, but when I come back... It's going to be like, it's going to be great. And and Kate's like, you think that raft's going to work? You think we're going to... He's like, of course the raft's going to work. They built a bloody boat. <laughs> I do want to ask, do you think this is foreshadowing? Because Charlie is like, I'll co- I'm coming back from the dead. It's going to be amazing. And he doesn't make it off this island alive. No. Okay. I don't. 
I just, I wanted to get your take on that because in retrospect, I, I'm bringing in a lot of context that probably wasn't there I'm, in season one. I mean, maybe they knew they were going to kill Charlie at some point, but I don't think, I don't know. I don't know. I legit don't know either. Um, but he's talking about, but this is a good thought. Like, yeah, it probably would. Your music probably is, and your career is going to take off because of this. Have, have there ever been any rock stars that were presumed dead that then came back to life? Like if you found out like Buddy Holly's plane didn't actually crash and you're like, oh my God. Not that I could think of, but I'll tell you the records would sell. Mm-hmm. Um, just to put a pin on Charlie here, uh, there's a scene later, just so we don't have to... Jump back to yeah. it. There's a scene later where Charlie's getting his hair cut from Claire and he's basically, he's writing new songs. He's writing songs about his experience on the island. <laughs> gets eaten by a monster i i really really wish that as like the additional stuff for this that i did they put out a drive shaft album they should have oh if they uh, i need to hear that song i need to know what that song sounds like and he tells claire like you know you and turnip head could come uh come stay with me in los angeles Perfect. Okay. So just till you figure things out. Just till you get on your feet. And also, I love you. We should get married. So <laughs> say that Kate doesn't want fame. What Kate wants is on that raft. And you know, she starts laying the ground. She's laying on pretty thick with yeah. Michael. Like she, there's a little bit of desperation in Kate in this episode because she wants off because she's playing her hand. Really hard here. Well, there, yeah. The not only is like the the raft like it's coming to her attention, just the reality of like, oh, this raft is gonna take off. But then a time element has also factors into this too, because they are given a time frame on like when they should be leaving. So, uh, Arntz is made played by Daniel Roebuck. This guy <laughs> is making this big speech about why the raft shouldn't go now, or like it would, it had to go like yesterday because we're getting into monsoon season and the winds are going to change and the winds are going to carry the raft south to Antarctica instead of north to where the the ship shipping lanes are. Um, uh, I'm going to say this uh, to me. The Arntz character, who's only going to be around another episode or so. Um, to me, this is an example of actually dropping someone who's always been there into an episode and it working for me and it being believable. I, they try this down the line. Probably they try it too far down the line is the problem. But this, Arntz works for this, me. This, I agree wholeheartedly. Like, looking back on it, I was... I was very critical of this character because I didn't remember that they introduced him before the episode where, you know, we say goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, so in my memory, I was like, he was only there for one episode, but they actually bothered to lay the groundwork of establishing him really well as somebody who's been there the whole time. He didn't have to... Here's, the, here's what makes it work. He is a character where we figure out his relationship to the rest of the group simply by how they interact with him. Like the, the second he's taking center stage, he's treating everybody like it's his science classroom. 
and and it works. And he's taken seriously. He's taken seriously, and like it, you know, Sawyer throws out that bit of exposition of like, oh, you're a doctor, yeah, sure, you're a high school teacher, but he's treating everybody as though they are his students, and nobody has to say, and especially arts, nobody has to say, I've been here all along. I've been here just as long as the rest of you. Because when a character says that and we've never seen them before, it immediately sends up a red flag saying, no, you haven't, you fucking liar. <laughs> Don't try to trick me. You haven't been here. Like, this comes off as way more believable because just... They don't draw attention to the fact that we've never interacted with this person before. Yeah. And that's what makes it work. And it also helps that we've got a pretty good actor selling it. For too. sure. Um, so because of this, though, Michael is like, we're sailing tomorrow. We're going out tomorrow. And that's when Kate, you're right, that's when she starts laying it on real thick. Uh, oh, Sawyer, why Sawyer? Get to go, well, you know, a deal's a deal. And it's just, he's like, he doesn't know anything about sailing, blah, blah, blah. And then... But then Kate pushes it too far, like, you're bringing your son on this? You're bringing Walt on this? And then oh, it's like... don't you put push the Walt button. Yeah, and don't, don't question my parenting, basically. Yeah. So Kate played her hand a little too hard on that. Um, but she's making a case that Sawyer should be voted off. And it's enough <laughs> of a case that Michael starts to think about it, especially while he's trying to build this raft, and Sawyer doesn't even lift a finger. Like, he's he asking, like, help me carry this thing. And so he doesn't lift a finger. He doesn't know anything about bringing supplies because he's questioning Jin bringing food. Um, he's like, oh, we'll catch all the fish we need out there. Which is like, have we seen Sawyer catch any fish? The answer is probably no. And, yeah, just basically Sawyer's just there to take up a spot because yeah. he provided supplies. And that was it. And, you know, people are now getting nervous about the rent. Like, Arntz put this in their head. I mean, you could see it in Walt's face. You could see it with the scene with Sun and Jin, which ends up being a very important scene before the episode's over, where she's basically like, you're, you're going, and Jin's like, yeah. yeah. Well, first he, he keeps giving her the silent treatment, yeah. and she's like, please talk to me, and he's like, yeah. I'm going. <laughs> and, yeah. that, and that's all he says. That's the only thing she says. he says to her the entire episode. And Sun, who felt like she was already losing her husband because of the lies, now she really feels like she's actually losing him because he's going to go on this dangerous raft. Yeah. Uh, he's like, I'd rather hop on this raft at the beginning of monsoon season and risk certain death than to stay on this island with you for another minute. But that's just <laughs> that's how, how she's interpreting it. Yeah, because it. in reality, he wants to get help for her. He wants, he thinks this is the way to provide for I her. I mean, again, giving her the silent treatment for like five weeks probably isn't the right way to send that message, but whatever. <laughs> so... I get it, he's still, he's still yeah. sore. <laughs> I mean, I'm actually, him going on that raft will end up being one of the best things for their, their relationship, yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, it's now the thoughts in, in Michael's head. Like, maybe Kate's right. So it's like, Kate's angling to get on this raft. So Sawyer goes, talks to Kate. And Sawyer has Kate figured out. Of course he does. He's a con man. He can read people. He's, he's, he's put... He's probably known yeah, for he's put, a long time. He's put two and two together for a while. And now this is just... 
sealing the deal. And it's like, there's only one reason why you want on that raft. Yeah, and he, he was willing to let everybody on the island for a good long while believe he was the one that the marshal was escorting. Yes. You know? Um, because he, he fit that sort of stereotype, but I bet he figured out almost immediately after they crashed who it was, and just like the thing with, you know, finding out about Jack's dad, he just sort of, he's like, I'm keeping this bit of information for myself, and I'll, uh, I'll see if it pays out in some way. Now, this causes a big confrontation between him and Kate, and where Kate, uh, says, uh, I want your spot, I'll get your spot. Mm-hmm. And like, she marches away. Which, I believe her. <laughs> I believe her too, but I also think, I like, I'm on Sawyer's side with, with this. Yeah. Because it is technically his spot, and she's trying to screw him out of it. Yeah. Um, for her own selfish, I mean, he's, Sawyer's selfish too, but here's for her the thing, he's also a murderer. <laughs> Um, but he also put in the legwork to be like, hey, he, he was, I mean, we, we love him and he's a, it, a, he can be a jerk, but he put in the legwork. He was like, there's a raft getting off this island. He's in the exact same situation as Kate, but very few people know that because he did commit murder and granted he got away with it, but that doesn't necessarily mean that people haven't figured out who's responsible for that murder yet. And so he could very well be in the exact same situation as Kate and just exactly needing to yeah, get yeah, out of he's Dodge gonna as get soon arrested as possible. The second he gets off, who knows? <laughs> um, now let, let's, let's do all the raft stuff. Then we'll touch on the hatch stuff. Cause the hatch stuff is kind of a B plot yeah. anyway. Um, uh, although characters are involved with both, yeah. but, There's um, some intersection there. So, you know, all of a sudden, Michael's not feeling great. He's like, ugh. He's sound. He seems like he's in, in pain. we got to get Jack. There's, uh, there people are constantly running into the jungle to get Jack. <laughs> Kudos on, um, to the acting on this one, because at first it's hard to tell um, whether or not he's just sort of stumbling with his answers because Walt's putting him on the spot, and, you know, it's an awkward thing to be like, well, we might... We might not come back. We might not be able to ever find this island again yeah. if we get rescued. Oh, yeah, um, he gives a whole honest thing of, yeah. like, this, you know. But if you listen to him, his words start slurring a little bit. And, like, um, and you can't tell, like, if he's just feeling awkward or if then then he then he nearly collapses and starts retching. And you're like, I, I know this because I watched the scene twice. And the first time around, I'm like, oh, he's just feeling awkward because, you know... Well, it's an awkward him, conversation. Yeah. But, like, not only is it an awkward conversation, but he's starting to not feel well. And you can actually hear that in the performance. Um, so, kudos on the acting, for sure. Subtle, subtle piece of work. Yeah. Um, and they're supposed to launch the raft tomorrow, but now he's doubled over in pain. Walt runs to, to Kate and Son. Kate runs and gets Jack. Jack immediately figures out this guy was poisoned. Yeah, he looks at the at the bottom of the water bottle and there's residue on the inside of it. You can't tell what kind of residue, but there's some sort of residue and he's like, sabotage. So, Michael obviously thinks Sawyer's the one who poisoned him because they just got into a fight and who's most likely to do But really, when you think about it, so you don't know about poisons. 
Sawyer knows about, like, punching people and being cool. Yeah. It's subterfuge. You know, he's a master of manipulation, but, like, poison's not his his sort of forte. That's not, like, if he's got a, if he's going to have a confrontation with you, he'll shoot you in the chest. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Sawyer's not You gonna... know where you stand when you're getting into a physical confrontation with Sawyer. So, Michael's basically like, you're off the raft because you poisoned me. Although, also what logically... What sense does that yeah, make? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, none of it makes sense, but they're just so much... Mm, it's gonna be... Meanwhile, Jack is starting to... Jack is starting to suspect could be could be Kate because he hears that Kate wanted a part. Hurley mentions, oh yeah, no, no. Hurley's such a busybody. Kate and, <laughs> Kate and Sawyer were fighting about a spot on the raft. They were fighting over it. And Jack's like, huh. Interesting. And then Hurley lets it slip, you know, because she's a fugitive. And Locke's like, huh? And... <laughs> Then Hurley's like, oh, we don't know who knows what around here. This is this was probably uh, one of my favorite things that we've seen from this character was, who am I supposed, like, how am I supposed to keep all this straight about who knows what about who? Yeah. Like, he just I mean, these people hand. barely know each other still. Yeah. And. Uh, I just, I really liked that because it seemed like a genuine moment of frustration of like, how am I supposed to keep all this straight? And then there's a There's so many lies. <laughs> So then Kate goes to Jack and is asking, oh, how's, how's Michael? Mm-hmm. And now, here's the thing about this scene. If Kate is the one who poisoned Michael, this is really sloppy. Which I think is the clue that Kate isn't the one who poisoned Michael. Because... The Kate we know wouldn't be this sloppy. Although she is getting desperate. But she's asking right away, like, oh, we won't be able to go on the on the on the ramp. And then Jack has to ask. Like, like did you poison did you him? And she says she says it in a way that's somewhat unconvincing. Yeah. Well, probably because, like, again, as we find out later, well, she knows more than she's letting on. But but, but she's also not, she's got enough deniability here just enough she's like no i did not poison him do you think i could be capable of something like that and this is the part where i go didn't you drug jack like an episode ago literally the last episode what put something in someone's you know put some substance in someone's which i'm sure i would never oh wait i already did that it's (laughs) nothing that's mentioned but i'm sure that's in the back of his head too i was just drugged by her yeah she's roofing people all across the island stop it Okay, don't roof me, people. Stop it. Yeah, make sure. Keep an eye on your drink you're, when you're around you're Kate. You're only allowed to roofie Jack when he's being a madman. Everyone else, you need to you need to dial it back, Kate. <laughs> dial back the roofing. So, you know, now it's like, what's going to happen? Is Michael going to be able to launch? But well, Michael's going to be just fine. But still, who's getting that spot on the raft? Michael doesn't want it to be Sawyer now. He thinks Sawyer poisoned him. So Sawyer is forced to be a dick in public. And he outs Kate. He takes her bag. He dumps it out. He's, you find uh, uh, Joanna. uh, Joanna's 
passport? Like, what is he doing with a dead woman's passport? She's trying to, like, assume the identity. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, she was with the marshal. Like, and Kate admits it. Kate, she's exposed and she confesses. Like, yes, I was on the... She basically alludes there's more to the story. But For what I allegedly, allegedly did. did. Like, she's yeah. in a courtroom. <laughs> Even though she didn't do it. I mean, she's she like, did commit premeditated murder, but... But she's like, allegedly. <laughs> but there, there was some justification. Um, now, here's the problem I have, and this felt so stagey to me. Everybody looks at her like she's... Like the fucking devil. Like everybody, there are all these shots of like Charlie and Claire like backing off, like even like taking baby Aaron, like, like, must take, like, can't be around the bad woman. Like everyone's like. Like all of a sudden she's got a scarlet letter yeah, on her and everyone's like, shun. She's this part. And I don't remember how that carries over into the next episode, but my guess is not much. Um. And, and, and here's what's stagey about it. And it's stagey in the same way that some of those mechanics of the, the, the doctor and everything were stagey in that nobody questions her, nobody asks. If I was on an island with this woman for all this time and I found out, oh, she was a criminal, I'd be like, well, what'd you do? Yeah. What did Kate do? But we can't know that because in the second season, there's a whole episode called What Kate Did. Mm-hmm. And and this this is a this is a stagey moment where it doesn't make any it doesn't feel natural that this is the reaction that everyone would have that no one would want to know more and that everyone would be so colder because quite frankly these people wouldn't I, these well, people wouldn't be that cold to her. They know Kate. You know she's yeah. the person that like helps when emergencies happen. She's you know she's the person that you can trust to patch up the doctor. She delivered that baby. She delivered that baby, Will. Can you ever really know anyone, Megan? I guess not. <laughs> you have to do a podcast with them to find out what their name is. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Kate is like kind of shunned? I will say I did like the shot of, maybe it's a little on the nose, but I, I did like the shot of the plane in the sand with her in the background. Yeah. And again, maybe that's too on the nose, but I was like, as a visual, I like that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I just love how like being on the beach is where people on this island get put on blast in front of yeah. everyone. Yeah. Because <laughs> the same thing happened no. to Sun. And you know what? There's not much action going. You don't get scenes like that at the caves. No. Everyone dies if at the caves. If you're on the if you're on the beach, you have like a fifty fifty percent chance of getting put on blast in that episode. Um, but then we cut to later. Kate is all alone. She's stoking the fire, a giant fire, and uh, Sawyer comes over. And in his Sawyer way is apologizing, but he he but but we know Saris don't suit Sawyer. Um, he's like kind of in his like he's asking. I mean, I kind of here's the thing is that yeah, it's a shitty thing for him to have like put her on blast, um, like uh, in especially because like in I think it's interesting that the two people who get publicly shunned. Our son and Kate, um, you know, in the last 
couple episodes. They they got publicly outed for their secrets, and they they have sort of a connection yeah, in this episode. Yeah, was so mad at Son. Who gives a <laughs> shit? <laughs> you don't know this woman. <laughs> but yeah, like... Maybe I'm bo- just easy They going. both publicly had their secrets thrown out to everybody and like they kind of had to deal with the ramifications of that so i think it's interesting that the two of them share this secret by the end of the episode but like for as like i said as far as sawyer goes like i don't like it was a shitty thing for him to out her but i'm like i'm kind of with you i'm like i'm on your side yeah he was he was in a tough spot and by the way everybody believed kate did it yeah. That Kate poisoned them. And quite frankly, at the end of the episode, as far as Michael's concerned, there's no resolution no. to who poisoned him. And, you know, as far as I know, he leaves that island thinking Kate's the one who did it. The, uh, the, the way this shakes out is Sawyer's like, you think I poisoned you because I'm the criminal. Okay, well, let, let's straighten this out. I'm not the criminal. Kate's the criminal. And, yeah, it, the unspoken thing is that, like, because she lied about being a criminal, she probably poisoned him to try to get my spot. And so Michael can never, Michael can never prove that point because Kate, the only thing Kate says is that, I didn't do it, I didn't poison you. And Michael can't prove either way whether she did or didn't. So all he, but he knows that she is the criminal in this scenario because that's what she did admit to, so... The, the impetus for Sawyer poisoning him, I guess, is gone. And there's this weird, unspoken flirtiness in the last scene where there's this, well, there's nothing, there's, why does he want to leave down? There's nothing, like, keeping him there. He's and, like, unless you want to give me a reason to stay. And yeah, it's like he's kind of <laughs> looking for her to, like... And he's she, fishing for it a little yeah, bit, yeah. And she's not going to give it to him. Not after and, that. And even in the, even in the last scene of the episode between Kate and Sun where Sun is talking about how much she loves Jin how she thought like she'd meet someone and that'd be it I mean clearly that's supposed to be for Kate would that have been Tom I think it was like you Tom, know yeah. but there's also clearly you know Kate's like considered the most eligible woman on the island so it's <laughs> Kate and all the men of the island <laughs> I'm still uh, flying my flag for the Kate Saeed ship. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, spoiler alert, it doesn't happen. <laughs> um, they would have been so great. Imagine we imagine we rewatching the series and it does happen and then it's like <laughs> did the show like like this, Did we change it? Did, did we, we change, change it? <laughs> did we will this into existence? I wish that's how that worked. I could will a better ending into the show. You couldn't because the ending's perfect. Oh. I, I, I do want to point out, I know we got to wrap it up, that when we get this final scene with, with Sonny well, Kate... We haven't even gotten to the fact that Sonny's <laughs> the one who did it. Yeah. There's still a lot to go Son, here. Yeah, yeah. And we still got to talk about the hash. Yes. Dang. Sorry, this is a longer episode. <laughs> so, and by the way, the next episode we're going to talk about is like three hours long. Oh, God. So that episode's <laughs> going to be like two and a half hours. <laughs> but anyway... Jack figured it out because Jack is a bit of a detective when it comes to medicine. It's so funny to see him and Kate switch roles because, yeah, he's the detective in this episode. But here's the other thing. Who has a knowledge of, like, 
herbs and other things on the island that could mm-hmm. maybe be used this is what them. happens detective kate becomes the perpetrator jack has to become the detective jack becomes the detective and he figures out it's son but like he gets it and he gets why and she basically says like i'm scared from it and she should because aren't just told everybody you're gonna die well and and like kind of a reoccurring theme in this episode oddly enough is you know we need to be on a need-to-know basis. Who needs to know? Yeah. And, like, you know, in terms of, like, uh, discretion. Discretion is, like, the key word in Jack's storyline this this episode. And so, with something like this, like, he didn't feel the need to explain Kate's situation. Yeah. And he doesn't feel the need to explain Son's. Well, and also, at this point, what good's it going to do? Yeah. What good's it going to do for He's- Son and Jin... And who are already yeah, having he, problems. He knows that no matter what, uh, Jin is leaving and on that raft. And so, like, it's like, if they never see each other again, does Jack want to cre- be but, responsible for making sure that the last time they see each other is an argument? And like, But it's also set up the fact that they should talk before he goes. Like, yeah. it shouldn't leave with all this, this silence. And yeah, the whole plan was that... Kate suggested to Sun to poison Jin so then Jin would stay. And there'd be a free spot there'd on the raft. There'd be a free spot on the raft. So Sun is very like at the end of this, like she's like, oh, I didn't give you up, Kate, that you told suggested I do it. That it was your idea. <sighs> and I'm I'm I and this is what I think is kind of nice about this ending. It's that the son feel she was manipulated because she clearly was, but I don't know if she feels like she was. Like Kate clearly has manipulated it, son. It might have been one of those things where they recognized it as a mutually beneficial thing, because like they've it could be that Kate just straight up manipulated her, but like they've also been connecting they a have. lot. Um, Kate, Kate knew her secret for a long Kate time. knew her secret before Sun outed herself. So, like, on the one hand, I could definitely see it as Kate manipulating Sun. On the other hand, Sun's a smart lady. Sun is a smart she's lady. but such she's, a smart cookie. But she's in a really emotionally fragile she's, state at this moment. Yeah, she, she's a smart lady who can be blinded by her love for Jin. Um, but I, I could see it... Being either way, I could see it as Kate either manipulating Son or as them looking at this way of mutually getting what they both want. I mean, they do get what they both want in theory, but poisoning someone is such an extreme (laughs) that it's like... And then part of me even wondered, like, did Kate want Michael to really get poisoned? Like, I don't know. The, um... Now I'm, I'm being conspiratorial about it. <laughs> you're, but, you're starting to sound like uh, like somebody with a murder board. <laughs> Trying to connect the dots. Um, I want to retrace the steps of that water bottle. I want to see who gave it to Michael. Walt did. Walt did. Yeah. Um, ah, easy, to get, easy to get a water bottle in that kid's hands. <laughs> He's so eager. <laughs> Which, it's funny, um, looking back on like the episode, you know, where, you know, um, Michael's episode a little while ago because he, you know, when he was asking Walt for water and Walt would just wander off. Now he asks for water and well, the, the father and son have really bonded over this really, raft. It's thing. a nice, it's a nice thing uh, that unfortunately ends with getting poisoned. Now it was watching this ending and getting this little extra twist. 
Um, where I, yeah, there, to me, it was a good twist, but at the same time, like you said, there's a little bit of that artifice there to it, where it's good, but something about it rings a little hollow. Yeah. Um, but it's good. I will say, though, that, like, getting this extra little twist, um, yeah, it felt a little stagey. It, like, like you were saying. There's um, some stagey stuff in this episode, more so than usual. It felt a little stagey, and I'm not sure why it didn't necessarily have the same impact as finding out that Walt burned the raft. Which the is first time. something that then we also should say Walt confesses to his father. And I think uh, Harold, uh, oh my god, how do you pronounce his last name? Pyrenees, it's like French. Pyrenees, Pyrenees. Uh, one of the those, act, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the actor who plays Michael. Harold, I've, yeah. I've been, I mean, look, I've been watching this guy act for decades but i don't know if i've ever heard anyone say his name out loud oh when i when i don't know how to say someone's name that i see in the credits of a tv show i'm always just like yep that's a that's an actor's name i'm never gonna say out loud every year around award season somebody who's i don't know how to pronounce their name gets nominated for something and i'm like oh good now i'll learn now I'll, I'll, know. I'll hear them <laughs> have to pronounce it when they're like in the academy award goes to mm-hmm. um but uh he plays this scene really well, too, because there's this moment of anger that you could see he holds back. And it's like, you know, gets it on the island. I got to take care of my son. He was scared. He didn't want to leave. Yeah. There's no sense in getting angry about this. Yeah, especially because it's, it's already, like, done. And they've yeah. already built the replacement raft. <laughs> um, and earlier in the episode, Walt goes to Locke and basically wants Locke to know I didn't poison my dad because he's afraid Locke, since Locke is the only yeah. one who knows he burned the raft, that Locke will think that uh, That Walt... he was responsible, like he was trying to stop his dad from leaving again. But he doesn't want his friend thinking that he's going around poisoning people. Now before we get to the Walt premonition stuff, let's, let's talk about the hatch. Uh, I, I do want to say just in that moment uh, though, Locke is patching up his leg. Yeah. Um, which... If I'm not mistaken, had a giant piece of shrapnel in it a couple episodes ago. Yes. So it's nice to see that um, they they make the point of they, saying like, "Hey, does it hurt?" And he's like, "Yup." So he's completely got the feeling back in his yes, leg. yes. And it's nice that they also track these yeah. injuries and things like that. Yeah. Um. So nice bit of consistency. Early in the episode, because the last episode ended with, like, bring me to the hatch. Yeah. So you think it's going to be all hatch-centric, which is probably another reason why this episode feels a little weird, because there's this hatch momentum that kind of takes a backseat to raft momentum. Mm -hmm. And Jack is going with Saeed through the jungle, and Jack is being his usual pain-in-the-ass self (laughs) of where... He's like, he's complaining about, like, where are you bringing me? Now? I'm not going anywhere until you tell me. And then Locke's like, I told him not to tell you. I will say, talking about the staging of this episode, this is a total John Locke move, but talking about the staging of this episode, I don't know how hard it is to say John Locke found a, <laughs> found a hatch. I don't know why Jack has to see to believe. <laughs> yeah, you know what, that's the thing. I guess it's, it's a pretty crazy thing to discover on the island, but it's also not like, it's not like... We found a dinosaur. Here's a dinosaur. You, you know what I mean? It's not like we found a goddamn smoke monster. Yeah. <laughs> I would believe Underground Hatch a lot quicker I mean, than know, I would believe smoke monster. Especially since they know there are other people on the island. Yeah. And we haven't dealt with the others in a while. 
but we know there are other people on the island. Yep. And we uh, know that there's military stuff that took place on this island, so finding a hatch isn't unbelievable. So, see the hatch. And then, so Jack does believe it. And Jack is basically like, oh, we, gotta, we, should, we should open this thing. <laughs> but first there's this great bit of business. And this is the, this is really now we're starting to get to, because eventually there are two camps. There's man of faith, man of science. And this is one of the, 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 the times where the, the conflict that particular conflict, is on display. And you, They've had disagreements before. But this is like also like who is going to lead these people. Mm. Because basically, Jack's like, like, why didn't you tell me about this? And Locke's like... <laughs> and Locke goes, you're not my supervisor! I mean, basically, he's like, he's like, I don't report to you, which is perfectly which is reasonable. True. And it's clearly this moment where Jack thinks he should be in charge, even though he's always like, no. I'm not but, I'm not in charge. But why didn't you tell me? <laughs> yeah, why didn't you tell And then... Why didn't you and, and it's yeah, a, it was it's a great... Specifically, why didn't you report this to me? <laughs> yeah, and it's a great moment where then Locke's like, you're not my boss, basically. And it's, it's a great F.U. moment to Jack. But then Jack immediately hits him up with like... Well, you've been lying because they yeah. keep saying they're going out hunting. You've been lying. So then, oh, he's got Locke. But then Locke hits him back like, how long did you wait to tell about that? I, we use, I use discretion. You use discretion. I, I use, use discretion. discretion. Later in the episode, you already mentioned it. This Jack hits Locke back with that, with the I use discretion about Kate. So they are really like, this is the first... This, this is the is... best example, and this is, might be my favorite thing in the episode, where there's this great example of the fight for the leadership yeah. and of the this island is... and who should be in charge. This is the first sparring match between the two of them. Like they, Again, they've had disagreements and they've had dis different perspectives on things, but this is the first time they're actually like exchanging barbs. Like I'm kind of picturing like a fencing match where it's like, ah, I've got, I, I got a point yeah. there. Oh, no, now you've got yeah. a point. The, this is the first time they're kind of face-to-face -face in opposition. And the other good thing is all their points are valid. Yeah. Every point that everybody makes is completely valid. Um, so Jack's like, yeah, let's open this hatch. And Saeed's like, what? <laughs> like, I brought you here because... No, you were supposed to be the voice of reason here, Jack. And he's basically like, there's no handle here. So it's not meant to be opened from the outside. Like, there's a reason for this. But I actually agree with Jack and Locke. And there's this hatch. You know, it could be an important shelter. There could be supplies. There could be something they need there. Now, when I do have to ask, when we're having this conversation, if you remember, because it was a long time ago, what did you think was in the hatch? Well, I didn't think it was Desmond. <laughs> I certainly didn't either. Um, I don't remember having a, a clue. I'm, I'm not, I don't remember really having a clue, but I assumed it, I, I assumed it would have something to do with the others on some um, level. Uh, you know, I like Jack pointing out that, you know, best case scenario, it has supplies. Worst case scenario, we use it for shelter. Um, I loved Saeed bringing up, like, maybe it's supposed to keep something in because I think, 
and I might be misremembering, but I think when I was a kid and this was on for the, I say kid, high school, um, when this was on for the first time, I think I remember thinking that, I was like, well, there's a smoke monster running uh, around on this island. Maybe there's a monster inside the hatch. Maybe there's another one. Like maybe the 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 monster that we that we haven't seen yet. We don't again, we don't know it's a smoke monster. Maybe it escaped from another hatch somewhere on the island. I remember thinking when Saeed pointed that out, like, maybe there's a monster. Which is clearly what they want us to think. I th- I think you were in the right that's way where of thinking. I, I followed where they led. Yeah. <laughs> Which, whether or not that's smart viewing, is debatable. <laughs> then, later in the episode, when Locke is talking to Walt, we talked about the scene, but there's a moment where Locke mm. touches Walt, and Walt, like, goes into some, like, weird, like, mm, panic shock mode, and he's like, like, don't, don't open it. Don't it's open it. It's a very Stephen King moment. <laughs> yeah, it's like the dead zone. <laughs> Uh, we are unclear on Walt's powers, but he has some premonition of they shouldn't open it. Yeah, don't open it, Mr. Locke. Just don't, don't, that. And then, yeah, when he confesses to his dad, part of the reason he confesses is because he's like, we gotta go. But you know what? In retrospect, they're making it more dramatic than it was. That's the thing, is I wanted to ask... And I think... I wanted to ask if, like... You think at this point in time they knew what was in the hatch? Oh, they or... had to have known. They had to have known well, there was a guy. Because Desmond's in the... Uh, yeah, no, 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 no. They well, had to have known. Then what? The only, the only way I can really justify Walt's panic... Because, yeah, there, Desmond's... There's no harm in Desmond. Desmond's a wonderful, wonderful man. The only thing I can... Well, it... The only thing in terms of, like, justifying Walt's fear is that opening the hatch you know in terms if we want to talk like possibilities and like in the realm of probability and maybe he he gets premonitions of things that could happen he sees them opening the hatch as being the catalyst for all of their deaths Mm -hmm. because specifically the death of his father well i mean it is it does raise the stakes because Locke fanatically, like, it sends Locke down a journey that will also lead to Locke's death. Yeah, I mean, I got Maybe okay. that was it. Maybe he because, just saw Locke's death. But I mean, it, like, in a real. Like, Locke becomes his. This is the thing that pushes him to zealotry, that he feels he has to push that button and enter those numbers every however many minutes I'm blanking on it, um, and I should know it, um, in order to make sure, like, the world doesn't end. Like, he becomes a believer of that. And that level of belief is the same level of belief that leads him to try to lead the others, that leads him off the island, that leads him getting killed, that leads him coming back to the island, to being the man in black. Maybe what Walt saw was that John Locke ends up not being John Locke anymore. And that's what that moment was. Maybe. Here, what I actually think is that they didn't know what was in the stupid hatch. Oh, and so they were just trying to be weird no, and vague they, and esoteric about it. They, at this point, there's no way they didn't know that there was a guy down there typing in numbers. Well, it, again, it's hard to tell with how stagey the rest of this episode has been whether or not this was just built up as cryptic nonsense or if, or if, well, yeah, if, if, it, if we're meant to believe that 
Walt saw Locke's demise and then like or 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 like well, saw his knew, fate. They knew yeah, they might not have known that, but they knew it wasn't gonna it was gonna lead to trouble, obviously. Because also if it didn't lead to trouble, that would have been terrible storytelling. <laughs> um and but then there's also another weird moment right at the end of the episode with with Michael where Walt's like, no, we gotta go. Like, we gotta get off. We this. gotta bounce. Yeah. Um, but we gotta Walt, get to step. So Walt's able to see that, but he's not able to see that he's gonna get kidnapped <laughs> by the others. Hmm. Mm, interesting. Interesting. Walt, look, Walt, look, I love the show. I love the show unconditionally. Walt's quote unquote powers are uh, an unresolved issue that and. the show has. That I, but it's also an issue. I'm forgiving of because woke up big. See, I would be more forgiving of the show if in following seasons they didn't make such a big deal about Walt's powers while Walt is no longer on the show. They spend a lot of time talking in later, and I think it's either next season or season three, talking about how special he is and how important he is when he's nowhere to be seen. And well, I, I would be more forgiving of the show for like, uh-oh, we made a whoopsie, this kid grew too fast, if they hadn't played up how important he was. They, I mean, they even <laughs> do it at the very... Look, there are... Um, Features on the DVD that will that happen after the series is over that lead you to believe that like Walt will still play an important role mm -hmm. in this and and I got no problem with that. Look, I mean this is the problem. You cast kid, kid grows, and. And kill the kid and <laughs> kill the kid I in mean, the show. That's all I ask. Look, it's not a problem if you <laughs> don't do... kill the kid in real life. No, don't yeah. do that. <laughs> it, it's not a problem if you do a show like The Sopranos that you're going with. Yeah, the you're characters going along are with aging. Them. We're going through but time. If, but if you do we're a show meant like to this, believe, like partway through season three, that it's only been two months, you know? Yeah. Um, that's that's very different. Okay. Well, we should put a pin in this. So let's let's do it. What is your? Uh, Man in Black. Um, you know, it's a solid episode, solid directing, solid acting. Uh, I think my Man in Black has to, and, you know, stop me if you've heard this one before, but, like, probably the staginess, the artifice of some of these conflicts. Um, but... It's like, I like when we get to all the conflicts. I hate the staginess of which they force us to get yeah. some of those conflicts. Yeah, like, the conflicts are interesting. Getting there is kind of weird. Um, and then the only other thing I'll, I'll throw out as, like, a man in black is, like, when we find out that both Sun and, you know, Sun and um, uh, Kate are responsible for Michael's poisoning, I had a moment where I'm like, you're all bad people. I don't think you all deserve to go to heaven at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, they're all damaged, but, like, they're all damaged, and that's one thing. But, like, this was, like, the first time I looked at it and went, you guys are bad people. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not a thought that I normally have when I'm looking at these characters because they're good, compelling characters um, that I root for. So I was just like, you're bad people. And that was not a thought I was really expecting. Mine is the airplane. <laughs> and I've already said enough about that. Um, I'll just say my Jacob is, I love that little, because I think it's, 
it's well written and well acted and smartly done the little back and forth between Locke and Jack. I think it it's, was... It's, this is one of those moments that knowing where the series goes is super exciting to watch. Like, knowing that basically, granted, Locke won't be Locke at the time, but that this will come down to literally a physical fight between these two for the for basically the soul of the universe... Um, <laughs> uh, it's it's a cool tête-à-tête. Yeah, knowing, seeing the starts of stuff like that is very exciting. Let the game begin. <laughs> so, um, what's yours? Um, mine is. I'm gonna go a little bit sappier. Um, I really liked the moment with the time capsule and the flashback. It's that's a good it's, moment. It's good. It's genuine. It's got a lot of heart. Um, and, and it, it makes me it make, like. I don't forgive cheating plot lines very often, but I'm like, no, I get that. I get that 100%. It's it's a cheating plot line that didn't make me mad. Dr. Tom, R.I.P., you deserved better. R.I.P., man. Your child deserved better. R.I.P., Tommy. <laughs> um, so that's it. That's yeah. it for this week. You know, the next episode, it's like a monster episode. Now, are we covering all... Because it's three parts. If you guys don't know, Exodus is part one, two, and three. Are we going to cover that all in one go? I say we do it. Okay. Because it's all one story. Okay. Cool. Makes sense. So, guys, yeah, <laughs> next, next episode is going to be a, a little bit of a longer one, which is saying something, because we're already at an hour and 20 minutes for this one. So, yeah, oh, God, by the time we get to the two-and-a-half-hour finale of the series. <laughs> oh, my God. That's um, going to be a monster But episode. to be fair, I listened to a Twin Peaks podcast that would go about four hours an episode, and I was always like, oh, my God. <laughs> so, you know what? Am I saying we're as good as that podcast? Yes, I am. <laughs> um, Megan, tell the people where they can find you. Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Manguin. That's T H E M E N G U I N. And you can follow me on Twitter at the Real Will Link. And you can buy my book. I have a uh, a novel I have written. It is called Crazy About Kurt. You can buy it on Amazon. You could buy it in paperback or for real cheap on Kindle. So, uh, you know, buy it. You'll love it. I guarantee it. <laughs> and be sure to follow us on Twitter at no Love Lost Pod. And until next time, see you in another life, brother. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to No Love Lost on the podcast Jukebox Network. Yeah, we really appreciate you guys listening. And if you guys liked the show that we put on, you might like some of the other shows put on by this lovely network. Um, Off the Cuffs, which is a kink and BDSM podcast, which is very popular. Um, Being There, Will Sean podcast. Will he? Uh, he does. <laughs> uh, you would know. Drinks with God and Proud to be Kinky. Yeah, so we want to give a big thank you to this network for, for supporting us, for giving us a platform to talk about Lost On. So, guys, it would really mean a lot if you would show uh, these other podcasts some love. Yeah, go back, give them a listen. If you like us, you might like them. We're on the same network. Only makes sense. Go listen to them. Give them all five stars. 
do that. And then also give us five stars. Yeah, we could use it. 